0: And welcome back to another episode of Tea Time with Linz. I'm your host, Lindsay, And again, Poe the Passenger, thank you so much for the intro and outro music. Like I've said on the previous two episodes, they are doing a fundraiser for their first album. You can check that out on their Instagram at Poe the Passenger. And there is a link in their bio to mosaic.co where you can contribute and you can get some really fun perks including listening to their single for the very first time before it's released to the public. Today's guest is actress Tamina Sunny. One of Tamina's very first roles was as Zara and Children of Men. And since then, she has gone on to do a whole bunch of amazing stuff, including Argo, 24, NCIS, and you can currently see Tamina in Chicago Med. All right. Follow Tamina on Instagram and Twitter at Tamina Sunny. All these details will be in the description of the episode. And let's get on with the show. Welcome to Tamina. Welcome Tamina Sunny. How are you doing? Hello. I'm Some doing really well. <laughs> <laughs> um, so we'll just dive right in. Why don't you tell us like how you got started in the creative arts, the acting world, all of that jazz?
1: You know the way that I got into it is not how I wish I got into it. Okay. I, I mean, majority of all my friends have gone to drama school and they knew that they wanted to go into acting, and you know they've they've had that trajectory and and that that kind of that sort of
0: mm-hmm.
1: route 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 whatever they however they say in this country <laughs> of of that's what they wanted to do. But for me, coming from a South Asian family, Mm -hmm. um, the arts weren't really considered to be a profession. So it was very predominant that academic subjects were what I needed, had to go to university to fulfill some academic subject in order to have a proper job. So I ended up going to uni and I studied computer science, artificial intelligence, oh, wow. business and marketing. And honestly, hand on heart, I never thought that acting or working in the entertainment industry was, I don't know, in in my career path, to be quite honest with you. Mm-hmm. Um, it was very much a I mean, I loved TV and movies, don't get me wrong. My nickname when I was younger was Mike TV from Charlie and the Chocolate Factory because if there was a TV, I would be right in front of it for hours and hours and hours and I would just watch everything. And I loved TV and movies and would like complete off like honestly. Yeah. Like it was, it was just like, just my favorite thing ever. So, but I just never thought that I would be able to step into that world.
0: Mm-hmm. Like I,
1: I never did. I just never thought... I guess it was like I never thought I was allowed to, in a way. So anyway, so I finished uni, and my very first job after sort of coming out of uni was to go work um, for one of Richard Branson's companies which okay. I did yeah,
0: that's for a fantastic. couple of years.
1: Yeah. yeah, so I did. And uh, <laughs> so I was in the corporate world doing the old nine till 5.30 scenario. Uh-huh. Like couldn't wait for the five thirty to kind of like swing <laughs> around. And it was just like, oh, back again. Hello, Groundhog Day. Um, and I just felt that there was something more, but I didn't know what it was. Like I didn't, but I yeah. just felt that. and And I guess I never really knew that I was a creative. I just mm-hmm. thought that I was very, my mind worked in a very technical way, um, very methodical.
0: Mm-hmm. And
1: I never really considered myself to be creative. But here's the funny thing. My one A star for GCSE was in drama. <laughs> <laughs> and I was like looking at this A star in drama going, what the hell do I ever, like, why would I even need this? That's so <laughs> funny. like why have I got an A-star in drama? I mean, hello, somebody. That's really funny. So who would have thought? Anyway, so after um so working like in an office and and sort of just wanting to venture into something different but not knowing what, I remember I was away on holiday with my dad and we were in Turkey and I was reading a biography of I can't remember who it was, but it was definitely someone who with someone who took risks in life. Mm-hmm. And I was very inspired by reading this. And I guess as well, when you're out of your, your normal routine in life and you're completely somewhere else, it just gives you some time to think
0: oh, it and put totally things does. into
1: perspective, right? Because mm-hmm. yeah. um, you're sort of outside your, your own box in a way. Mm-hmm. And I remember being away and just having some time to think going, am I really happy? No. What would make me happy? And it was just, and I was like, I don't know. I just needed to find something to fulfill that. Anyway, so one of my friends, um, she, she was an actress and she was, going to, she was going to acting classes. And I asked her and I said, hey, can I come to one of your acting classes? And she was like, yeah, sure. Why not? Mm-hmm. So I went and it was a, a method class, Strasbourg's method. And I remember this class and they started off doing a relaxation technique in the beginning. And I was like, oh my God, okay, just pretend to follow and do what they're doing. And I was a li- I'm not going to lie, I was a little bit scared to be quite mm-hmm. honest. I was like, Ugh! and then they were doing this like sense memory work. And I think it was like thinking of a strawberry or something and what did it bring back? And, and I was like, what, what? Like, what, what do you mean? Like pretending to eat a strawberry and kind of seeing what it would venture back into my mind. And I was just so discombobulated by this because my mind never worked that way before. Yeah. It was just like things that happened in life just stayed back in life, and you just kind of keep moving on. And everything's very formulated, and everything's very scientific, and that's just how my mind thought. So this, all of a sudden, I was very confused. I was confused within my own self, just like how do I, how how do I kind of grasp that? How do I, how am I able to think of something and and allow thoughts? to come and fruition into my mind mm-hmm. so I was very um, interested and so I started taking method classes and um, and then I remember that I contacted the spotlight and I said to them I said hi can you give me some companies of commercial agencies and they were like yeah sure we'll give you three these are three really good ones so I contacted the agencies and I sent them family pictures. I didn't know that you needed a headshot. So I just sent a family <laughs> picture of like me with like my, my mom, dad and my brother and put a ring around me with an arrow <laughs> I love it no I didn't I had no idea and um one of the agencies which was um known as the W6 agency at the time which is now known as the BWH agency I went in and I had a meeting with the agent there Joe Hutton and he said look would you just do me a favor and just read this this text so I read it and he was like yeah it's just what I thought and I was like oh my god what do you mean what did you think and he was just like, yeah, I want to represent you as an actress. And I was like, oh, oh my God. OK. And um, and so he did. And um, we worked together for six, seven years. Oh and goodness. he was amazing. And is, is, he was just such a fantastic agent and really believed in me and and um, really invested his time into me. You know, they're an amazing agency. And I had no idea what to do in auditions. I didn't mm-hmm. know how to, like, prep or break down a script I was so green that I like honestly the some of some of my experiences I can honestly say that I'm surprised that those cast and directors invited me back in again because I didn't have a clue what I was doing so I always felt that I was basically catching up with everyone else because I just always thought that other people who were doing what I was doing had a lot more experience by going to drama school, like uh, immense amount of acting classes, et cetera. And I just came waltzing in, going, what am I doing? Okay, there's some writing here. Let me just read it and it's either going to work or it's not. I didn't really understand about making like how creating a character or really sort of understanding like beats and choices and that, et cetera, et cetera. Mm-hmm. So um, I made it my aim to really hone in and just invested all my time taking classes and, and more classes and more classes.
0: Yeah. <laughs> but that's fantastic that you took the initiative. Because even like some people who are super green, they're just like, oh, it's fine. I'll just wing it. You know, like I've heard that story many times.
1: Yeah. And the other thing so. that I did as well was that um, I also did some extra work on Mm -hmm. movies where I thought that it would be really good for me to just be within the parameters of what happens in a production, how the logistics of how things work, um, understanding the communication that the actors have with the director, just just to be able to see the process because sometimes from a textbook it's hard to put the theory into practice unless you're actually Somewhere where you can yeah. see these fundamentals actually occurring, happening, taking place. Yeah. So um, I thought that was a really good lesson and a good education for me to be able to
0: mm-hmm. be
1: involved and to be able to see. It. And also just to make some money as I was not working uh, in yeah. the world now.
0: <laughs> yeah, I've done that. And I did that when I was starting out too. For the exact right, same it's reasons. Not, it's right, so, so valuable. And the Agreed. people you met on set as well. Like from conversations I've had I was like oh I'm gonna go and take this class and oh I'm gonna go and check out this photographer so it was like a fantastic opportunity all around. Agreed 100% Mm -hmm. and then so I ended up
1: bagging one of my first gigs which was a an amazing feature film Mm -hmm. um, with the director Alfonso Cron called The Children of Men Mm -hmm. and um, that just watching key players like Julianne Moore and Clive Owen and, and Chuitoa Giafora and Charlie Hunnam just do what they were doing and yeah. just working with them every single day was an eye opener and, and a real amazing education. Mm-hmm. And um, I was always, I know I always had the opportunity to be able to be on set every day and just kind of sit in the corner, even though if I wasn't in any scenes, just to be able to watch and learn. Yeah. So I'm really thankful for that opportunity, and Alfonso was amazing and very very cool about that. And um, and I remember the so I I remember it was like one of my first days, on set and certain I went into this room, and Michael came sitting there, and and he goes he goes hello, and I was like. <laughs> hi <laughs> and he was like you remind me of my wife when she was younger and I was like oh my god I'll take that with open arms thank you <laughs> and he said so what's your story and I just explained and I was like well I guess it's starting from now and it was like all right well I've got you know these are three things that I live by and I was like oh my god like he's going <laughs> to tell me some like pep talk I was just laughing it up like a sponge and he went three rules he went Never bump into the furniture, always be on time, remember your lines. And he went, If you just you keep to those three, he you, you went, You're just going to be golden. And I, I was love like, that. Got <laughs> it. <laughs> like, thanks, that. Michael. <laughs>
0: <laughs> it's really funny because um, I've read the Michael Caine, I don't, can't remember the name of it, but the on camera book. It's yes, like, a It's really great. It's, it's really good. It's amazing. So I highly recommend that to anybody. I'll find out the name, I'll put it in the episode, but it's just one of my favorite books on, it's great like, yeah acting.
1: and it and it's not a, it's not a, a thick chunky read either no. it's it's really well put together where you just kind of get in the information and able
0: to retain it mm-hmm. and it's just such an easy read as well yeah exactly so so that's an amazing first gig like Michael Cain, oh my god! <laughs> I, I knew you were in that film but I've, it's been so long since I've seen it I saw it when yeah. it would have first come out so I'm just like how long ago was that and I and I was really grateful because, um, you know, it
1: gave me a, a nice chunk of change. And I remember I was reading and there was an interview or something and it was I think it was it was like with Billy Piper. Or, and she was because she was acting a lot and she sort of mentioned that she was reading this book by Larry Moss called The Intent to Live. Oh, yeah. And so I ordered the book from Amazon, read it. Suddenly, so many things started clicking into place where I was understanding what I was doing. So mm-hmm. then I made it my mission um, for that summer to come to L.A. and to just study at his studio. And um, yeah, so that's when my adventures to L.A. sort of started kicking in.
0: Holy moly. So where, <laughs> what year was that? Oh, God, I can't remember. And how old are you at this
1: point as well? How old, well, I came into the industry late. So I kind of came into it definitely in my, in my late twenties, early thirties. Wow. So this was over like a good, like good, like it's about gone 10 years, 11 years or something
0: ridiculous. My goodness. Yeah. That's so, it's so crazy because um, you've done so much work, like your body of work <laughs> is mental. And then I remember seeing, cause I didn't know you at this point, but I remember seeing you in Argo and I was just like, why do I recognize her? And I think it's because you know, like Brits in LA and all that stuff. Yeah, you know, when you just see somebody like around all the time. So Argo, that I mean, I know I'm jumping ahead a little bit, but that's an incredible film, and just I, I think Ben Affleck as a director is fantastic.
1: Do you know, um, I was I just admired that not only did he direct, but he was the lead in it, and mm-hmm. he was like involved in the writing, etc., and like producing it. So. And this was a really interesting question because he was just so, such a nice, nice, nice guy. So, had some really interesting, great conversations. And I was like, How are you making this seem so effortless? Mm-hmm. I went, Because everything that you're doing, everyone knows what they're doing. It just seems to be a seamless transition from one scene to another. And no one's stressed, especially not you. And he went, Honestly, he went, Everything comes down to the prep. He went, yeah. Everything. And he went, if the prep isn't there, then he went, it's going to, it's just going to be, a, you know, shit show. Yeah,
0: and I was like, really interesting. Um, just backpedaling a slight, slight tiny bit. So you came to LA to take some classes. You obviously liked it here because you obviously stayed. Um, well, so, I mean,
1: don't get me wrong. Like I was back and forth like a, a yo-yo um, course, yeah. because there was the whole visa situation. Yeah. That was, I mean... You understand it; it's uh, it's yeah. not easy. Um, so I was definitely back and forth doing the the um, what is it the the holiday visa where you can kind of oh. stay for three months. Mm-hmm. And so I would come for a few months, and I would just literally just keep taking acting classes every single day. And the thing that I noticed as well here that was a bit different to England was that there were more opportunities for people like me Mm -hmm. so at that time I was considered to be ethnically ambiguous which meant that I could sort of like fall into so many different categories of of types um whereas in England the roles that I mainly would go up for were you know from an Indian family that was about to get an arranged marriage or someone who was married to a terrorist or something and there were very it was very like that it was just There wasn't much leeway in terms of the creativeness of, I would say, actors who sort of fell into my category. Mm -hmm. But whereas here, it was like you could go be a lead on a TV show and be like a a superhero or an agent or whatever it would be. Mm -hmm. Um, And so I suddenly realized that there were the opportunities here were a lot more. And I really like that. And I found that very appealing. So I did make it my mission to be able to go through the whole grueling visa process to be able to spend more time here and to invest my
0: time here. So just a quick question, because obviously acting in the creative arts is such a, I don't want to say difficult or hard industry, but it is to some extent. And so you do need that support system. So you transitioning from the corporate world to the creative world how did your family deal with that and support that and how was that
1: first I didn't really tell them (laughs) (laughs) because I didn't really need that extra additional pressure I love that of like what are you doing because I was already doing that to myself uh-huh and I have a very strong voice in my own head that I can keep doing that and play that criticism and and putting the self-doubt of just like you know is this are we sure that we're doing this and and why are we doing this and this mm-hmm. is everything that's going to go wrong so me doing that to myself was enough so I just sort of held back from my family until you know, things sort of started developing a bit more and I wanted to spend more time in LA and, and, and sort of explain to them. And, and I guess they were really pleased when I did get the the movie Children of Men because, you know, I was earning money and they were just like, I think that's any parent's fear is if their child is not able to work and not able to live a decent life. Like they yeah. just want your kid to be fine and to be okay. So, um, so once my parents saw that, and they saw the investment and the energy and the tenacity that I was putting into my change of career, they sort of just like left me alone, always worried, but definitely didn't sort of try and get me to leave it. Mm -hmm. And don't get me wrong, there've been so many moments where I've been like, okay, I am done with this. And because my, my, my family had sort of seen some of my work, like my dad was like, you've invested too much time in this don't just keep at it whereas my mom would be you know there are other things that you can do
0: yeah
1: I was like mom I want you to be like dad I need both of you to go yay we're your number one fans and I was
0: like and then moving to LA like obviously trying to find your network of people as well because that's really important too and And the other thing as
1: well is coming to a place for a holiday or for a period of time Uh to actually moving somewhere is a whole different ball game all of a sudden when you actually live somewhere and you're sort of involved in the day-to-day minutiae of how that place works and and just operating in terms of the the system in a different country you suddenly realize you're not on holiday
0: yeah Even though it feels like it, because it's so nice here. <laughs> right.
1: <laughs> you've always got the weather, right? It's like, <sighs> yay, this is why I'm here.
0: <laughs> oh, my goodness. All right. So back to Fast forwarding back to the Argo era. So you've just filmed this film, and obviously it got no, um, nominated for an Oscar. Is that correct? Okay. Won, I know it won a, yeah, I know it won a SAG
1: award. It it won. It won an Oscar for Best Film. That's director, so, Yeah. yeah.
0: I made my husband watch it a couple of years ago, actually, because he'd never seen it. And I'm just like, oh, my God, it's so good. It's very well done. So yeah. good. Um, but then you've, like, done a bunch of stuff like NCIS. You've done 24, 24. I mean, I've, again, I feel like because I'd seen you in Argo and then I saw you in 24, I was just like, why? Like, you just kept popping up before oh. I met you. <laughs> and I'm like, this is amazing. And 24 is, like, such an amazing TV show. Like it was incredible. really good. I enjoyed it. Yeah, I'm so bummed they cancelled it. I know.
1: Um, I mean, I I loved I loved Keith here on that. It totally just did an amazing job. Oh,
0: he that role for him is like so. That's that's him. He is born for it. He's totally born for it. <laughs> and I've been such a fan of Keith Sutherland since I was like a kid. Since I watched like Stand by Me and Lost Boys and stuff, you know.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Flatliners. Like,
0: yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so so you've been out here how long have you been here 11 years Twelve yes. years? yeah 11. okay mm-hmm. so obviously you've had so many up and downs and I like when I first met you I was just like oh wow you like you take things next level like I remember you were saying that you'd watched a mission impossible film and you were like I need to learn how to run properly <laughs> and I was just like oh <laughs> but like it was like you know when like I had so much admiration for that because like I do a lot of stuff like I horse ride and I swim and like do all the stuff that I know that I enjoy but also I'm trying to learn a new skill so when you're like I'm I'm doing it because I want to learn this new skill and I want to do it properly yeah. I was just like yeah because you, you're taking it seriously and I really enjoyed that because I was just like yeah what have been some like hurdles you, you've come up upon like since you've been in here been in here been here <laughs> <laughs> for such oh a long God, time like
1: every day there's like some sort of head or what well, here's the thing as well I mean I tell a lot of actors that you know you, you're you're your own business mm-hmm. you're your own company and you've got to sort of treat yourself like that you're basically you're involved in the entertainment industry even though you're a creative I just think that there's always that 2080 rule that even though we have reps etc I think that we have to kind of keep doing the digging around understand what's going on and like daily in the trades and and stuff understand what's being greenlit who's changing where going to which company I think all these things are are, 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 you know they're they're information that we need to know it's kind of part of our job learning new skills keeping new skills like now I've kind of got getting back into martial arts again because it's just like I just skills I've got to kind of keep up so I'm sort of like back into like either going back to Krav Maga or like Taekwondo and Cause it's just like, I just feel like I, I have to, because those are some more of the roles that <clears throat> I'm kind of going in for. Mm-hmm. So it's not waiting for the job to be able to like show those skills. It's like this, the, the work always happens before you do the, the, the job is how yeah. I always sort of kind of thing. So right now um, sh- the Chicago Med shows on hiatus, not sure what's going to happen, whether I'm going to go back or not, or, or like that's going to be, t- I'll, I'll find out in the next week or two. So the time that I've had in between, yeah, I could go have a holiday or whatever, but I just like to use that time just to kind of keep refreshing my skills, like
0: mm-hmm.
1: like working with my different vocal coaches, my different dialect coach. I don't know, to me, it's just like, just kind of keeping up keeping up the in- the, the instrument because at the end of the day, there's a lot of us doing what we're doing and there's going to be people whose skills are sharper and they'll probably mm-hmm. get the job. I've had too many occasions where it's like, oh, well, the American was good, but it wasn't amazing. And it's just like, Oh my God, I could have done something about that. I could have worked a little bit harder. So don't get me wrong. There are moments where I am like, like little missed lackadaisical procrastinator, but you know, it's just like, yeah, it doesn't last long. I'm like, I gotta keep moving. So I'm very, so I like to be very strategical. I like to um, have short-term goals, long-term goals, because I find that they help when I get into those moments of, when things aren't going the way that I want them to not even things aren't going my way, but like how I would like them to go. Yeah. Um, not getting a, a project or not being seen for a project or being seen for it and being in the mix for it, but it not working out. And you know, all those things where it's just a lot of the time it's, beyond, it's out of your control, but the things that I can control, I make sure I control because I think that's what gives me the calmness and the ability to be able to, Keep pushing forward because there is a lot of things that, you know, can turn what we do into a mind game and you just don't feel good about yourself. And you mm-hmm. do, you know, the rejection, like the amount, like the amount of no's is unbelievable. The amount of yeses is very few and far between, but it's like, okay, I want to change those yeses. All I want is just offers to come in. It's like being able to think in a certain way, but unable able to do that it's like maneuvering in a certain way. Yeah. And it was interesting because I heard this really 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 great saying yesterday and I'm probably going to get it wrong but it was just like if you train your mind the body will follow and I think that's really strong because I to me it just in everything we do in life if we kind of start off with that right mindset Mm -hmm. then everything else will be able to follow but if you kind of start off with not that right mindset I mean it's just a bit of a derailing train really like you've got to have
0: that engine I think that's really valuable because um, I was talking on the show about like energies and mindset before. And I think having, because it's so hard having a positive mindset all the time because of the rejection of the struggle, like all of that stuff is super, super real. We know it's super real. But when you're actually living it, it's like, it's just brutal. And then just like, you could be in a bad mood, but if you just switch that like mindset even if it's just for like five minutes you're just like sitting there just trying to meditate on it it really does it's the hardest
1: thing ever right but it's so hard to do that it's so hard to do
0: but it is especially out
1: here in LA you know it can be a really lonely place because it's not like we're back where we're from where we've got family around us all the time and exactly so you suddenly realize that there are moments where you're like what am I doing yeah (laughs) yeah that reality check and it's just like so it really takes a lot to kind of keep chugging along for sure
0: yeah but I mean you've been doing great and you have been chugging along and I know how many self-tapes you've done because we've been in (laughs) class together and I'm like fucking hell she has like self-tape after self-tape it's like sometimes I'm like she has six a day I'm like how's this possible
1: I'm like but isn't this a numbers game hold on because then that's
0: not that's not equating like (laughs) because we're kind of on the subject like fear as an artist have how has that affected you like in general because obviously we all have it at some point like do you Um, just try try and try and
1: I try and turn the fear into frustration because I excel when I'm frustrated.
0: Okay, okay, I like that.
1: And I understand that that's kind of uh, that's something that really makes me work harder.
0: Yeah, no, I I can relate to
1: that. Yeah, yeah. So because the fear is more like I have to understand what the fear is about, and is it about not doing well, losing out, like other people's success? um s- scared about not being able to like survive by not making money like all these different things and then that kind of gets me frustrated and then I just then I just kind of pull it out of the bag and I'm like okay just whatever yeah. it may be but I've discovered that about me <laughs> I, like, I have to be frustrated or not happy in order to do well I'm like what is that that doesn't
0: equate but, <laughs> I, guess but I can well. I can totally relate to that because it's, it makes me work harder because I'm just like, okay, what could, like what you were saying earlier, like what I have the power to change and do is in my hands. So I'm going to do everything in my power to do it. Um, You mentioned something just a moment ago where you said, where you get frustrated about comparing yourself to others. Like, do yeah. you, have you done that? I feel time. like that's so crazy because I just feel like
1: I used I used to do it a lot more I now I just realize that I'm in my own lane and I've just got you know I just kind of treat myself as a, like as an athlete and and kind of do the races and stuff but when I get into the mix for something or get into like the last two gotcha. I definitely sort of check out who sort of who got it and try and work out the criteria of of, of trying to understand in my own mind to be able to rationalize
0: yeah okay why I didn't I guess yeah.
1: um just because I like playing that mind game by myself rather than just letting it go I, for for me I just like doing a bit of a digging around and being like I, I want to understand
0: yeah I don't know why I do that but I do <laughs> I think we've all done it at some point I've had to just stop I think I stopped that a couple of years ago because I was just like it's not serving me but we've all done it yeah we're all guilty of that comparison to other people um and it but then i also with...
1: but then but the other thing as well is see i learn when i do that i learn about myself and i learn what someone else has and i kind of it, it kind of ingrains something where i try and push myself and, like harder in in something so it, it kind of actually pushes me so it goes back to the, the place of like being it like getting frustrated but like getting that fire in order yeah. to motivate me to to be able to just be better or just learn more or do something that i feel that i could do
0: yeah gotcha and then that being said as well like the social media aspect we put so much pressure on ourselves especially as like actors and i feel like that kind of goes in hand in hand where you like compare yourself to other people on social media because obviously everyone knows social media is like a glossy little yeah I've, let, I've let,
1: that's the only thing that i have kind of let go before like years ago I would do more postings and stuff now it's just it's few and far between if I'm on set then I'll sort of you know post some because I know that people like to sort of see what happens there but now in my sort of day-to-day life Mm -hmm. it's my private life so I'm I'm keeping it that way Um, so I'm not really involved or precious about it like I maybe thought that I needed to have been yeah. um so in a weird way like yeah that that doesn't really I don't really dig around too much or go that's down good. the rabbit hole with that one
0: that's good because I know a lot of people do and it's just yeah. like it's like it is a rabbit hole Making so,
1: mirrors I call it
0: what
1: do you call it sorry <laughs> I it. it's a place of smoke and mirrors so oh, you just don't mirrors, really yeah. know what's what's true and what's not so instead of sort of getting really stressed out about something that is like fabricated image or whatever. So what's the point of putting that energy there
0: yeah it's so true it's really is pointless because you just never know what other people are going through and what right actually exactly is happening. so yeah so a couple of years ago i remember you booked that tv show pandora yes and that was, was that a shooting in serbia bulgaria bulgaria sorry totally got that two different countries <laughs> two
1: different, it's, it's
0: not in america anyway it's not just... so in america bulgaria <laughs> Um, because okay I feel like because I remember you booking that show but did it not it started out as like a one line or one show thing and then you ended up being on like 12 episodes or something
1: so it was I mean it was a couple it was supposed to be two or three episodes Mm -hmm. and and it was just like great let's just 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 go and play but this is another thing that I, I sort of say to actors Mm-hmm. That the writers, they haven't really started writing like three or four or five eps on. They sort of know the through line of what the main characters are going to be doing and going. But but it's just like, I guess, what you what you bring to the table yeah. can add value and give the writers to be able to write more for you. And I think with that production was, I mean, it worked. And also for the NBC show Chicago Med too, because I was supposed to go in and do two episodes, which ended up doing being five episodes, which ended up being the whole season. Oh wow. So I mean, I was incredibly grateful, but I guess it's just, you know, sometimes when they give you the the breakdown,
0: mm-hmm.
1: kind of ignore it and just do what yeah. you want to do and see <laughs> if it works. <laughs>
0: I love that. And I've heard that story many, many times before where someone's just been like so present on set, so into the cast, so into like everybody, like the crew as well. And they've just made such an impact that they have gone from like one episode to what you just said, a whole season, which is incredible. Yeah, it is. So because I know you've been like just chugging along for such a long time, what tell us about the Chicago Met because when I saw that, I was so freaking excited. I mean, I love them they're
1: such a wonderful team the cast and crew and you can always tell that when a tv show goes into uh, even like the third fourth fifth sixth season there's a reason and it's usually because there are amazing people who are involved in it that there's just this synergy where everyone loves doing what they do and this is a prime example of a show and also NCIS with Mark Harmon was the same. I mean, I don't mm-hmm. know. They're like, what, number, like a million seasons? Oh I don't know. What, yeah. <laughs> but that's exactly <laughs> the same, too. Like, it's just when you have a fantastic cast and a fantastic crew and people enjoy being there, it just makes the biggest difference. And it really shows that the show keeps going on and on and on. Yeah. And, um, I, yeah, you know, I really enjoyed working on a, on a medical drama was the first time that I actually got to be a doctor. Mm -hmm. (laughs) Uh, Being Indian, there's a lot of Indian doctors. It was the first time I got to. Um, And I just really enjoyed spending time in Chicago. Um, It was the first time that I've experienced a cold like that. Uh (laughs) I remember that it was exactly the same temperature that day as it was in, in the Antarctic. And oh I was like, gosh. this is really odd. <laughs> <laughs> and um, it was just nice to be able to keep going back, to be able to see a character grow and to interact with more of the other characters on the show. Mm-hmm. So it would be lovely to go back. Um just going to wait and see and, and see what happens.
0: All right, well, I'll keep my fingers crossed for you. Thank you. But it's so funny you say that about like just... A fantastic team and like a show keeps going because that's how I feel about Grey's Anatomy because I'm just 100%. like well I'm like how long has that been going on and they must have just be enjoying themselves so much that I'm like yeah
1: I mean gosh. what they about to pop into like season 15 I have no idea I think it's 18 Lost or 19
0: California. that's insane it's nuts absolutely nuts <laughs> absolutely yeah it's insane. like
1: I, I'm you know with the show that I was working like with Chicago Med they have like the viewers are like at least 7.5 million viewers a week That's and I'm like barmy. wow that yeah. is a dedicated group of people who yeah. tune in and, I'll, and I'm just like wowed by it
0: yeah it's incredible it really is so just flipping from that who is somebody who has like completely inspired you and who uplifts you just to keep going just like when because obviously we have so many down moments in this industry and obviously like you're in a role right now and I really, I really feel like you're going to be fine with Chicago made. I feel like, I feel like you're going to continue with that. <laughs> but like when you do have your down moments, like who is somebody that just like you think of them and you're like, <sighs> and you just feel like a breath of fresh air. Do you
1: know, I, I'm really into formula one mm-hmm. and I'm really, um, how can I say? I love the mindset of the drivers and especially for example, Lewis Hamilton. Mm-hmm. and i i follow him on social media and i really like what he says because i don't think that there's much difference from what he does to what we do at the mm-hmm. end of the day when there's an audition there's one role like i'm yeah. oh, sorry but we really are in a race yeah and you know there are there are things circumstances that are completely beyond our control mm-hmm. um like the politics of of the show and and all these different components that have nothing to do with us, but the things that we can control is what we do in that present moment for that audition,
0: Mm -hmm. which
1: like for, for Formula One, it's like the race that they do. And so I really listen and read a lot what he writes because he's very much about the team. And I think we forget that it takes a lot of people
0: Oh gosh! to kind of
1: like do and be where we are and Mm -hmm. to just to be able to get there I mean for like one submission what there's like something ridiculous like 5,000 people that get submitted
0: yeah
1: you know and just to be able to get seen just to get to the end and I really enjoy reading about positivity and mindset and when things aren't going right for him and how he tries to like turn it around and and about the value of the team and about kind of understanding that things aren't always gonna gonna go your way, but Mm -hmm. how to be better kind of keep he keeps working even harder. Yeah. And so I I'm really aspired to what he says because I can relate.
0: Yeah.
1: So and I think that's the key thing, even though we're in completely different territories and, and industries, what he says and what he does, I relate firmly into my day to day activity as me as an actor.
0: Yeah. It's fantastic. And it's interesting because even though you like we are in the same like in completely different industries, like you say, I feel like when you have the power of that mindset, it always like it's, it kind of makes it the same. If that makes sense. Yeah,
1: I, I mean, I I know personally when I'm in flow. Yeah, and it's it to me it's just like. I wake up in the morning and like, even if I'm driving around, like all the lights are green, like everything's a, a great yes. Everything mm-hmm. just flows. It's perfect. And there are yeah. um, a real amazing moments in my life where there's like chunks of that. But then I know when I'm not in flow yeah. and that's when it's like, okay, like I need to sort of, there's things within me or something or, or whatever that's sort of kind of creating some blockages. Mm-hmm. Um, and so that's when, you know, so every morning it's like, wake up like just like do 20 minutes meditation just to be able to be grounded and and Mm -hmm. kind of like the the subconscious and conscious kind of like sort of like getting together and like waking up and and so there's certain things that I do on a daily basis like as soon as I've, I've done that then I'll like work out so I try and keep a real like regimented schedule yeah every day just because that's just how I I personally like yeah. to be able to manoeuvre in my
0: day-to-day life. Yeah, and it's fantastic. What piece of advice would you give somebody who's either just starting out in the industry or is just getting back into the industry after a long break?
1: You know, I just, it's really like what we um, touched on before, which is just keep brushing up on skills. Mm-hmm. I think accents are key. If you know that you have a look that could be that could fit into being French, Italian, Middle Eastern, like like American, um, all these different areas just keep learning accents. I mean, they benefited me immensely. Mm -hmm. And that's because I would spend time working on them like, uh, like a lot. And I think that that's, you know, don't leave it for the audition and do a half-hearted job. Just, just have it. So it's like in your toolbox. Yeah. So I think I think accents are, are a huge thing. And, and you know, you can, we spend a lot of time like getting from one place to another, just listen to things on YouTube with like accents or podcasts with like different people's accents where you're where you're just listening and just sort of repeating back. Mm-hmm. But I think that that's really key. And then the other thing I said as well, just keep understanding what's happening in the industry like get the trades every day deadline the Hollywood reporter variety I mean those emails come in free every day every morning just spend like good 10-15 minutes just going through them because as I said you you know as an actor you are involved in the entertainment industry and this is something that you need to have
0: knowledge about yep totally 100 percent 100 (laughs) percent thank you so much tamina for coming on thanks for having me you are absolutely welcome and thank you tamina again so much for coming on to the show again everybody follow tamina on instagram and twitter at tamina sunny and until next time we shall see you then Bye bye